Thank you. You are our healer. You've always been a healer, and the devil's always been a sick maker. And we thank you for the difference, and we thank you that we serve you, Father, and we hear your voice and the voice of a good shepherd. We follow you, and we know that you're our healer, and we thank you for healing us and strengthening us. I pray tonight revelation will flow on this topic that I'm talking to them about tonight, sowing, growing, and reaping the word of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Let's go over here to Luke 17 for just a minute. Now, you remember uh, last Sunday night we talked about uh, seeding, S-E-E-D, seeding for your future. And so if you want a future, a good future, you're going to have to seed. You're going to have to get the seeds out of the barn or out of the Bible, I would say. I think that's a type of the Bible. And put those seeds in your mouth and start speaking them. And they get in your heart. And the more they get in your heart, the more they get in your mouth. And the more they get in your mouth, the more they get in your heart. And the more they get in your mouth, the more they get in And eventually, not in a day or even a week, I would say, but eventually you start getting revelation. And more importantly, you start believing what you're talking. See? What you're saying. And, and I'm just throwing a little, little extra thought in here with you. You know, Paul... I think I asked you to turn to Luke 17. Is that right? Okay, just stay parked. But uh, I think it was, uh, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say about something here. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 2 and 4, you could just write this down. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration. Just when he would talk, it would produce demonstrations of the word. Not just preach, but when he talked. So my point to you is you have to spend some time learning to rethink how you talk to people, how you talk to yourself, how you talk to anybody, what you talk about. And we're talking tonight about sowing, growing, and reaping the Word of God. And, and this is possible. And you know you'll get into a level out here where you have so much Word in you. Now listen to me carefully. Here's another problem with people. They coast a while because they get lazy. But, you know, I had an airplane, and, you know, one of the engines had to be shut off in flight because it was heating up. And the, the, my pilot and myself, we don't want to burn the engine up, so he had to cut it off. So that meant we were going to go slower and lower immediately. And we're only running on one engine now, so we're only at half capacity of speed and uh, energy, if I could say it that way. And that... And what I'm saying is, you know, if you cut your confession off because you get to a certain level, you start coming back down. <laughs> and then you could say the same thing out of your mouth. I mean, I've buried people that said to me what I would have said to them if they'd asked me what I'm believing about whatever they were dealing with. And I buried them. They gave every right answer out of their mouth, but it wasn't in their heart. Listen to what I'm saying to you here. I'm trying to help you. Don't be like Job who says, some people argue and their, their words are like a wind. They don't carry any weight. That's what he was saying. But your words will carry weight if you'll control your speech and think about what I'm teaching you because we're talking really about confession, but I put it in this format, sowing, growing, and reaping the Word of God. And listen, it, you're going to have to go through those phases. So there's a time element. I was meditating today on my scriptures, just meditating on what I'm going to teach you. 
And, you know, I told you, Michael, through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. It's not instant anything. There's no instant pudding with God. Now, occasionally I would get somebody healed because of maybe the anointing in my life or the congregation was full of faith during that service or other situations. But normally you don't do that. It's a progression. You've got to get yourself over in the spirit and not walk by the flesh. And get your head out of TV. There's a whole lot more stuff coming. I'd like to tell you it's not, but I'm not going to lie to you. But I'm walking like I always walked before the pandemic, through the pandemic, and now on the other side of whatever we're on. And, and I'm not pleased with a lot of things I see on TV, period. But, you know, I don't just suck up on it all day either. I get in the Bible and I pray and I keep myself renewed anyway. Let's go to Luke 17 here, verse 17, uh, chapter 17 and verse 21. Uh, let me read verse 20. When he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. I want you to underline or at least make a note. The kingdom is in you right now. If you're born again, the kingdom of God is in you. And we're, I'm going to show you how to operate out of that kingdom in relationship to speaking. Then let's go back in the same chapter, chapter 17, uh, to verse uh, 1. And I'm going to read through verse 6 real quick. I know we went over this once. Then said he unto his disciples, It is impossible but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast into the sea that he should offend one of these little ones or little children. Or you could even say, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going to take a liberty here. Maybe the, the believers that aren't too mature yet. So anyway, let's see here. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turns again to you, saying, Lord, or says, I repent, I'm sorry, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles thought that was outstanding and not in a good way. And he said, Lord, increase our faith. How are we going to be able to do that? And I'm going to give you his answer. And the Lord said, this is what he, he gave them the answer, but they didn't, I don't know if they saw it yet. If you had faith as a seed, I'm not going to talk about the mustard part, but if you had faith as a seed, the Greek says this, I check, you would say, you not you might, you would say under this sycamine tree or this problem or this condition or this situation or this circumstance that's contrary to what you're believing. That's a lot to say to you, but do you understand what I'm saying? He says, you would say to that, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it would obey you if you had faith. So this is something, I'll just say this and i got to move on. i got a lot to cover tonight. If I'm talking to things and they're not moving, then i got to check up on myself. I must not be doing something right. There's a hindrance in this. And, that, and let me say this in fairness to situation. Sometimes it takes more than saying something once. <laughs> Are you listening? But if you had faith, you would say. So what I'm saying, let me put it in Michael Jacobs' paraphrase. If you really have faith, you'll talk right. <laughs> and if something's an obstacle to you or a hindrance to you, whatever that's mental, emotional, financial, 
uh, I don't know whatever else there is, mental problems, whatever, then you're going to have to talk to those things and command them to be uprooted. Yeah. All right. So we, we got this a little bit taught here. Now let's go over to Mark 4. We, we talked about some of this last week, but not this new part here. Mark chapter 4, if you'll go over there with me, please. And I wanted to read one verse, and then I'm going to read a long passage in the same chapter. But uh, Mark 4, you know, Matthew 13, Luke 8, and Mark 4 all deal with the sower, so and the word. And the four different kinds of soil or fields that the seed was sown into. And the seed <laughs> implies your heart's condition. Like me tonight, I'm sowing seed. Spiritually, that's what, or, or maybe I'm not just sowing, I'm watering seed that some of you already know where I'm going or have some re revelation to a degree about what I'm teaching you about sowing, growing, and reaping the Word of God. And, and I'm talking about confession specifically. So it says in verse 14, the sower soweth the Word. So it's the Word we're talking about tonight being sown and being grown up in you and then reaching the harvest of that that you sowed. So let's go to verse 24, same passage, Mark 4, 24 is tremendous. I, I pray that you, you're going to get this tonight. And even if we, I know it, I've been doing this for a long time, but I need to be reminded too. Yeah. He said unto them, take heed what you hear. So this is the key to your success. You're going to have to start taking heed what you hear. In other words, what are you exposing yourself to that you're listening to that is not Bible-related? Now, you could watch a little TV, but you still got to guard some of that stuff. You got to watch yourself. You got to take heed what you hear. Are you listening to me? I'm going to go further, but I want to make sure you're with me. Job 34 and verse 3 says, The ear... Because we're talking about taking heed what you hear. The ear trieth words like the mouth tasteth meat. You know, if I'm in a restaurant or somewhere out in public and I get a bad piece of hamburger, which has happened a time or two, I just do that and put it in my pocket or throw it in the trash later. Because I'm not going to eat something that don't taste right. But I think our ears, we don't think the same about that. We let things get in us. I've had good sheep that were... Well, nominal sheep, let's say that. It'll give them benefit of the doubt, nominal. But they let other people in the church speak into their, in their ear instead of me and criticize me over something that was fictitious and not even the truth. And they left me because they didn't take heed what they hear. Right. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's happened to every preacher I know on the face of the earth. I've been all over the world talking to preachers. But you've got to take heed what you hear. Now, let me give you a little, I'm going to read this, but let me give you, because I'm on thinking down a trail here. Leviticus 19.19 19 says this, Don't sow your field or your heart with mingled seed. If you listen to me teach you healing and you go to the you know, Christian TV or the radio and listen to some of those yahoos, they're going to teach you how to stay sick and that it's not God's will to heal you. And you're going to be confused in your spirit and you're not going to be healed. It's just that simple. It's not my problem. That's your problem if you're doing that to yourself. I don't understand why you would not, you would sow your field with mingled seed. 
I had somebody in the church one time, they were very educated, had a doctorate professor in, in a university. He wanted, to take, he wanted to go to lunch with me, and he sat down and said, you know, Dr. Jacobs, I know you teach being filled with the Spirit and speaking another tongue. And he said, but I, I, I can't receive. And what I said to him, I just knew by the Holy Ghost, who are you listening to? And I, I'm not going to repeat his name because it would be slanderous, but he's a famous preacher. Mike. He's written 50, 100 more books than me. But I said, well, that's your problem. He don't believe in speaking in tongues. You're confused. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, listen to me. I can get you filled. If you want to be confused, then keep listening to this other guy. Because I'm telling you, we're not the same breed. I'm not saying he's not saved and loves God. He's wrong about that. Some of you are looking at me like, do you really say it? Yeah, I was very sweet about it. But it, it, I, he asked me why he couldn't receive. And I, I said, well, who you listen to besides me? Well, he don't believe that. I know that for a fact. No wonder you're confused. See, you can't receive by faith and be confused at the same time. That don't work. All right. So, you don't want to sow your seed. With, and then some preachers, you'd think it's a sin to be have anything in your life, prosperity-wise. Who told you that? I mean, some preachers pick out the worst scriptures to use for identification. And secondly, Pastor Jordan's done an excellent job teaching us about entering into the blessing. The blessing of God maketh rich. I know that's more than money, but I'm picking on those anti-prosperity preachers that some of you listen to. You never get it. You'll never move ahead like he taught us this morning because you're not thinking right. You're not taking heed what you hear. It's not about the money. It's about getting to a place where you could do things. I'm doing things now. I'm not going to tell you what, but I'm at a different level than I was even three years ago different level than I've been in 50 years almost because I made a decision that I would obey God with my money. I'd always had for many, many, many years already and he began to take me up on my uh, prayer about being a distributor and I don't want to toot my own horn so I'm not going to say anymore but I just know that he can get it through me and I say well go ahead and I'll, I'll do what you tell me to do and I do what he tells me to do. And sometimes nobody thanks me at all. That's not the issue. I'm just being obedient to God. This is between me and God. If you're waiting for somebody to give you a thank you card, you're way behind. They might, but that's not imperative to me. I just want to help people. All right. Okay, I think I got this said, but I'm talking to you about don't sow your field with mingled seed. You'll, you'll have, a, have a problem. You know, one time my wife and I worked for a cement company. It was a very glorious job, shoveling cement dust in a wheelbarrow and pouring it out a conveyor thing. And it was just, and worked in the coal mine there at the cement plant. What a hard job. Anyway, the cement plant tilled up some of their land. They had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres. And they let us put a garden out there. So I signed up for one. Diane and I, we, we hadn't been married too long. I don't even know if we were married then. I don't think we were because I had to go in the hospital and have surgery on my body. And I was in there 30 days with that. And then I was recovering. It took me a year to recover. Uh, we went back to that garden. We hadn't been out there for a month. I'd been in the hospital getting operated on. And it was nothing but cockerburls and Johnson grass and weeds. That's all that was there. Tall weeds. Tall weeds. Big old tall weeds. But you can't eat weeds. You know that's not good for you. 
let maybe Bear Grylls knows which weed to eat, but, <laughs> but see, we didn't tend to it. That's my point to you. We didn't do anything to destroy it. it just, if you don't do something on this side of the ledger, you're going to get the automatically the other thing. Yes. Listen to me. Yes. You can't sow your, you're going to have to get more single-minded and more focused to do these things that I'm trying to teach you. Yes. Let me read it again, verse 24. Uh, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that here shall more be given. In other words, the amount of time you spend fellowshipping with God around His Word and prayer, communication with Him, I'm just wrapping all that into that, and worship and things like that, the more you give yourself to that, the more it can be replenished in you. Now, you know, if you think I'm making it a work, then you're mistaken. It won't work for you either. Because you're just, you're just doing it because you feel obligated. Don't do that. Do it because you love Him. And you know God wants to use you. And there's no limitations like Jordan taught us this morning. Whatever Jesus did, we could do too. All right. So it says here, verse 25, For he that hath, the more be given. If you have, and then you keep having, then more is going to be given to you. But it says, uh, And he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. That Remember we read that, the kingdom of God is where is it at? It's within you. Remember Luke 17, 21. It, it, so is the kingdom of God as if a man, not God, a man, that's you, women and men, people, uh, a person shall cast seed into the ground. He's talking about speaking the word into your heart. You know, I hate to, I'm going to tell you something, and, and don't be mad at me. It's a proven scientific fact. You, you like what you say better than anybody else. Your words are more important to you than I've ever been. And that's just normal. Hey, if you weren't that way, you'd be mentally deranged. See, God created you that way so that you could take his word and put it in your mouth. You didn't, you didn't buy it. You didn't earn it. You, did, you, you didn't even write it. But you could take it and put it in your mouth and speak it back out and it would do the same thing for you it did for all the people of faith that did what they did because they had the word in their mouth and in their heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So it's like a man. Listen, you're the one that has to cast the seed. I'm kind of seeding some of you if you haven't heard this before and others I'm pouring water on it and light on it. But you're going to have to pick up the mantle and work with this in your own personal life. And, and you might tell me, well, I've got, I'm so busy. You know, I've got two kids, three kids or whatever. I know you're busy. I'm busy too. And I had children. There they sit. Now i got grandchildren. But my point is I still dedicated myself to the best of my ability. And when I had opportunity, I used it, tried to use it wisely. I mean, probably, you know, made a mistake a few times, I'm sure. But nonetheless... To get in the word, put the word in me, and put that seed into my heart or into the ground. And it says, and he should sleep and rise night and day. So it's a progress. And the seed should spring and grow up. He knows not how. You don't even have to know how all this works. You just have to do it. I still don't understand airplanes fully. But, you know, I don't understand all the mechanics to a jet engine. And I certainly don't even know all the instrumentation even on my own plane that I owned. I mean, my pilot told me what each thing was, but I don't remember. There's about 50 dials up there. But I got on the plane, traveled all over, and went on commercial planes all over the world. 
And I still don't know a whole lot about them. But I did it. Verse 28, for the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So I'm showing you this because there's three stages here. There's planting, there's uh, growing it up, and there's harvest time. Verse 30, and he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? He's still talking about the kingdom, and where's the kingdom at? In us. Kingdom of God is in us. It says, what shall we compare it with? It's like a grain of mustard seed. Let's forget mustard right now. It's like a grain of seed, which when it is sown, catch that, when it is sown, not when it's still in your Bible. When you sow it, when you say it, when you speak it, when you declare it, when you decree it, when that takes place and not before. When it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth, but when it is sown, again, when it is sown, it groweth up and becomes greater than all. I remember this vividly living in Otisco. It's not a question of Otisco. Otisco's fine. But I felt like a man in a, in a swimming pool with 14 or 15 basketballs bumping me in the head. One said depression. One said no money. One said a rough marriage right then. Another one said I got a problem here and a problem there in my body and da-da-da and da-da-da and da-da-da and da-da-da. And I was just getting started. But I got a hold of this. I got a hold of this message about confession. See, I, I paid the money. I mean, we went, Pastor Diane and I went, and another couple, to Charlotte to hear Brother Copeland. And so, and in that particular meeting was Norville Hayes, but the real person that affected me more than anybody else was Charles Capps. He's just a, I mean, in a loving way, he's just an old farm boy. He knew farming. And this is up his creek right here. And he began to speak. And I don't know, something went off in me that I got to figure this out. And he had his, his series that he did for the week was called Doing the Sayings of Jesus. And it was about these things that I'm teaching you a little bit. Maybe not verbatim, but close. And I began to get in the Word. And I took one basketball at a time. And the Bible says the sword... The Word of God's a sword. I would hit one and split that basketball and it'd sink to the bottom. Now I only got 14 left. No, I'm serious. You talk about a man feeling overwhelmed. In a little old wannabe church with 20 people in the middle of nowhere and no money. Seemed like no money. Seemed like no help. I had to train the whole church just to come to church. No, I'm serious with you. There was nothing easy about any of it there. And those basketballs hit me in the head, hit me in the head. And I'm going to get the next one now. I got scriptures on that. And boom, I'm going to hit that and slice that basketball. And it's on the ground now. It's at the bottom of the pool. Now I only got 13 more. And that seemed like my life for a couple of years there. I prayed there for two years before I ever saw a light break from heaven about some things. Anyway, I won't go down that trail. It has to do with prayer. But what I'm saying is, you got the word in your mouth. And Dale will tell you, he remembers, maybe Willie would. I wore out the carpet around the exterior of that room where you could see where somebody had walked it, walked it, walked it. That was me. And then that same sanctuary, 
I said to the Lord very sincerely, I don't play with it. I said, Lord, Jesus, I want to be just like you. And I was so sincere and I kind of got offended for a second because he said, well, you're not. I'm not. He said, no, you're up and down, in and out. Stop that. You want to be like me? Yes, sir. He says, I was sincere. Yes, sir. What else you got to tell me? He says, well, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you're not like that, you're not like me. I said, you know what I said? I said, well, you can. No, I said, I'm going to work on that. That was 1978, and I'm still working on it. It's 2020 because I never quit working on it. I'm, I'm kind of like God and never quit working. Now, I learned to rest my body better, but I never forget these are the things that brought me out, and these are the things that keep me out of trouble. <laughs> and I've had my share of uh, challenges, let me just say this. Wow. But anyway, praise God. Now, here's a little side thought, and then I've got to move on. I've got a lot more to say. I got to, you said till 10, Jordan, didn't you? Okay, listen. Sometimes when you plant the seed, you're trying to harvest it on the planting. Or you got a little green twig coming up, and you think, there's no corn on that. Do you ever realize that? No corn on the green stuff yet until it comes up, and then it comes out, and then it fills itself up with little green, I mean little yellow <laughs> deal, corn on the cob. Yeah, but you're trying to harvest when you plant it, or you're still watering it or putting light on it by speaking the same thing you said to plant it. See, I don't know people complicate their life so much. When you find something that works, stay with it. I've been burying people for a long time. It's not fun, you know. This is what you do as your preacher. You try to bring comfort to the family. But in everything I've signed my name to, out by my name, I put Psalm 2911 for 35 years. I don't have to find out a new scripture. That's still in my Bible. And I don't know why people think they've got to come up with a new deal. But you're going to have to wait till the thing comes up where you can put in the sickle. You know, sometimes people jump ahead of God, and then you get in trouble, and then you blame me because I taught you, but you didn't, or didn't have any patience to you. Sometimes it takes some time to get established. And some areas in your life, let me just say that, some areas in your life don't give it up quite so easily, especially if you've been stubborn for most of your life in a given area. When you think, I just don't know how I'll what, fill in the blank. Yeah. Well, you're not thinking like I'm thinking because I'm thinking I can do everything that I need to do and I have a wherewithal to do it and God's my supply and he's going to give me strength to do it because he's the strength of my life. And like Jordan said today, I didn't make myself wealthy. God's making me wealthy. He's still making me wealthy. But I saw that almost 30 years ago and started saying, I have abundance and no lack. Driving a beat-up car, beat-up pair of shoes, beat-up pair of pants, beat-up Bible. Thank God I beat it up by reading it. But anyway, <laughs> there's a little joke there. You look like you need levity right now. <laughs> Listen to me. You've got to plant it and you've got to stay with it if you want to harvest or the Johnson grass will take over for you in that area because you get lazy. You don't want to fool with it. You don't want to spend the time to do that. Anywhere through this, you can just quit and just come to church. We see you, but do we see any change in you? Do you see any change in yourself? I'm talking to me too. I'm talking, I just told you, I'm still working on me from Jesus telling me. Well, you're not. <laughs> I want to be like him, but that means I got to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever happens in America or the world or my family, I just keep believing God for them and speaking the word to them. And 
praying for them, believing God to move in their life. And these grandchildren now, I've added them into my prayer time every day. Hallelujah. I'm just talking to you. Don't get discouraged. I, I hope I'm breaking it down strong enough and light enough you could receive what I'm saying. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to help you for goodness sake. Let's go over here to Luke chapter 8. Now we can get into the good stuff. <laughs> no, this helps us grow up if we'll just stay with things. Luke, now we're talking about sowing, growing, and reaping the Word of God. So I wanted you to see this though, uh, 8.11. It says this more specifically than the other two passages where it's talking about the sower sowing the Word. Now the parable is this, the seed is the Word of God. So that's the thing that I'm sowing is the Word of God. It's in seed form in the Bible. And I'm going to say it this way. It's not producing anything in the pages of the Bible. My Bible didn't get bigger and bigger to where I couldn't carry it to church because it was growing. No, I, these are seeds that need, and specific seeds that you need. And I'll tell you again for the whatever time, you've got to get over in those letters because that's the only place in the Bible that's going to show you what you are in Christ. There's no other place going to give you that. Jesus just alluded to it once or twice in his whole earthly ministry that I can find. And even then the disciples didn't get it. Because they'd later say, that's what Jesus meant when he talked to us back there about that. Uh-huh, 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 yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you got to find the right, but the seed, I'm trying to help you see, the seed is the word of God that you're going to use to plant in your heart. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Oh, praise God, I like this. I know I'm kind of using a lot of scripture, but it's good to use it. Isn't that right, Brother Paul, back there in the back row? Yeah, I see you. Amen, brother. Brother Paul's a walking miracle. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 1, 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed. 1 Peter 1, 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, we could say, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So he says this seed that we're dealing with, the seed is the word of God, is incorruptible seed. Incorruptible. Now, Pastor and I, Pastor Diane and I, you know, we got saved. Uh, she got saved right before we got married. I'd been saved a couple of years. We got married in 73. I got saved in 71, December, I think it was. And so we had an apartment and we wanted to be out in the country. And long story short, we went out there. I met with a millionaire that owned this 600 acre uh, farm. He lived in a gorgeous house like you'd see in a really upscale magazine of a house on that farm. And the rest of us lived in farmhouses, including me, an old farmhouse that had been there over 100 years, I think. It was pretty old. But anyway, he liked me, took a liking to me. He let me live out there two years rent-free. I mean, it was just phenomenal what God was doing. Everything we thought we wanted came to us on that farm. Yeah. She wanted horses. One of her friends called her because you know, she used to ride horses. I got two horses. I need, can you keep them? You guys saw you had a barn out there. You just feed, feed them and keep them. You can ride them, whatever. So God gave us horses. Uh, 
you know, just it just went on and on and on. I, everything I asked for back then he gave me, but I became more and more increasingly upset that I wasn't in the perfect will of God, so I kept praying. But here's the deal. We put a garden out at our farm, and by the time the corn should have been coming up something, I went out there and looked, and there were little paw prints around that. So here came the farmer. He's in the field, you know, disking, and I flanged him down. I said, hey, John, hey, I, you know, I planted corn seeds in my garden and nothing comes up. He said, what did you see? I said, I saw some little paw prints. Oh, that's the raccoons and stuff. They're eating your seed. You come back this afternoon, 2 o'clock to my farm. I'll give you some seeds that'll work. So I went back. He took me out to the barn, opened this big bin, got a, like a, uh, like, looked like a T-shirt type of thing, got some seeds, said, this, these have been treated. They won't fool with this. Amen. See, that's what the Word of God is to us. It's treated seed. The devil's afraid of it. Right. You know, you can get to where you just rattle your saber in your thing here. When he comes around, he'll take off. He says, I don't want none of that. Right. Yeah. And, and, of course, the corn came right up, and we ate corn that summer. Because that seed the farmer had, he had knowledge. I didn't know seed needed to be treated where certain varmints wouldn't eat it. He said, don't leave it alone. I said, okay. Thank you, John. I may bring you a corn on the cob. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, we're talking about some things here. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5, a minute with me. First Thessalonians, and I'm going to read this one uh, verse. Hallelujah. I want to read this one verse to you in uh, 1 Thessalonians. 1 and 5 from the Amplified Bible. And this is what it says. For our preaching of the glad tidings, the gospel, came to you not only in word, but also in its own inherent power and in the Holy Spirit with great conviction and absolute certainty. So, so. But this is what I wanted you to see. This is real interesting. The word has within itself its own inherent power. That word inherent means self-reproducing power. Self-reproducing power. I didn't know this. I was uh, listening, reading some material. They said there's all kinds of seeds out west in the desert, and like Phoenix and Arizona, and but it's so hot and dry there, they don't go very good. Sometimes they have a rainy time when it comes, and they spring up immediately because they're in the ground and they're still good. And somebody just a year or two back, a ge geologist guy, found some seeds in G Egypt that was. 4,000 years old, and he planted it, and it sprung up. Yeah. See, seed has power in it. See, it's like this. Your, your, your ground or your heart, whatever you put in it, it'll come up. You know why horses chew on fences? They have a need for something. They're trying to get some mineral through eating a fence. The salt, she says. But what I'm trying to share to you, this word has Inherent power, self-reproducing like a dynamo. Yeah. Like a dynamo produces self-reproducing power, just endless. Mm -hmm. And that's what the seed, the Word of God is to it. It has its own inherent power. And let me tell you something here. Listen, if whatever you put in the ground if it's as a seed, the nutrients in the ground will come to that plant, whatever kind of plant it is. I did a little bit of study. And it will produce all the nutrients that plant needs from within the earth to nourish it to come to health. I don't know if you knew that or not. 
Now, it needs sun and it needs water, most of them, maybe lesser or greater, depending on what kind of thing you're planting. But the seeds, when you plant them, it has life in them. And the soil never determines what it's going to grow. So whatever you're putting in your heart through what you're saying is starting to grow there. And just like with God, you could have a 30, 60, 100-fold or maximum yield. On the other side of things, you could have a 30, 60, 100% from the devil because he's telling you lies. And if you start repeating them, now I'm not calling you a liar, but I'm saying if you start lying about things because the devil tells you, you're partaking of his nature and he is a liar, John 8 says. And he's the father of lies. I remember my wife, she, she really, Jordan and Jessica both, she told them that at least five million times when they were growing up. Don't be a liar, that's the devil. Who's your father? Who's your father? She would say that. And they weren't liars, but she was training them. Like my mother trained me about not having prejudice. No kid comes out of the womb not lying. Yeah. You got to train them not to <laughs> lie, she said. Yes, ma'am. All right. Are you still with me? See, it has inherent power in it. The seed, I don't think we're seeing the fullness of what I'm saying. That seed is so powerful. And since the seed is the Word of God and you plant it in your heart by saying it's how you plant it, what, did, what does it say? Remember Romans 10 about uh, verse 8? It says, What saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth first, and then in thy heart. That's how you get the word in your heart, by saying it. And that's how we all got saved. We said something. Maybe we just said, help, Jesus, help me. You know, maybe it wasn't a real, you know, flowery thing. You just said, God, help me. But it worked. Yeah. Now, let's go over to Luke chapter 1 a minute. I'm just about done. Another 30 minutes. No. I, it's only been 37 minutes and 22 seconds. Yeah, I'm just trying to get all my stuff in here. Is this the last time for a while I'm going to preach, I think, here. But Luke 1 and 20, this interesting verse, this is when Zacharias was a priest. He's married, I think, Elizabeth's the right gal. And they're, and they're both old, and they wanted to have a child, and God sent an angel to Zacharias. <laughs> Here's a guy in the temple lighting the candles or whatever they did, you know, different function, whatever he did. And the angel appears to him said, I'm sent from the presence of God to tell you you're going to have a child. And he goes, well, how could that be? Where was his faith at? It wasn't there. I mean, what would it take, brother? And in this incident, I don't know that God's done that since then that I'm aware of, but he said, you're going to be mute until the baby's born because you're going to screw this whole thing up with your mouth. I'm my paraphrase. Maybe he didn't say screw it up, but he's going to cause it not to come back. And I've got to get John on the earth because Jesus is coming next. And so God just made an exception and said duct tape him. <laughs> and he didn't really have duct tape on his mouth, but he wasn't allowed to talk until the baby was born. And they handed him the pad of paper or the piece of chalk and said, what's this kid's name? He put John. And immediately he could talk again. But, but see, his words were so powerful, he's going to negate God's ability to get even get his wife pregnant between him because they're very old people. And this is what the angel said to him, verse 20. I saw something in here about confession that was outstanding. Verse 20, And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, 
which shall be fulfilled in their season. What I want to show you is words have seasons. See, when you first speak something that's new to you and fresh to you, and you're planting it, of course you're planting it, and, but you've got to get accustomed to it. But it'll have a season, and then first the blade, then the ear, then the mature grain in the ear, back to Mark 4, you know where I was teaching you. And then you prick the sickle in because the harvest has come. Whatever you're doing, just keep doing it, and it'll work for you. Now, let's go over here for just a minute to Romans chapter 4. We're getting something done here. Just This is going to be okay. I know it seems like I'm giving you a lot, but really when you think about it, it's not. <laughs> and uh, hallelujah. So Romans 4 here, of course it talks about Abraham here, and Jordan's been talking about him and the father of the blessing, you know, the one that God said he would bless and through his seed all the nations and Jesus came through that lineage. And so now any national, any ethnic group, any culture, any people on the planet could be born again. But what we want to say is in verse, uh, verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee, this is talking about Abraham and God, a father of many nations before whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead. That quicken just means makes it alive, the dead. And call us those things which be not as though they were. <clears throat> now you're going to have to start doing this. And you know, this seems like the hardest thing to get believers to see. You have a right to call what you need from the Bible, a promise of God that you have found, scriptures that cover your case. You have a right to call for that to come to pass. And the reason you're calling for it is because you need it. And you're calling for it because you don't have it. Now listen to me carefully. This is where people get this all scrambled. I don't know how they do it. He didn't say to call things that were as if they're not. You're just coming back to lying again now. You know, if you're sick, you're sick. I don't rehearse my sickness to people. But if I'm sick and I don't get it supernaturally, divinely, then I make an appointment and go see a doctor. And say, you know, I got this going on. What do you think about that? Or you need... You know, sometimes MRI, sometimes X-ray. I'm not a sick person typically, but my point is <laughs> you're gonna, you need to call things that are not as though they were, not call things that are as if they're not. You know, some people take everything to extreme. I don't know what it is about humanity. They just go crazy. This is one of the best scriptures in the Bible, and that's what Abraham had to do. I think his wife was 90 and he was 100. Somebody said it took 25 years to get uh, Isaac in there. Is that right? Anybody know that? Yeah. But I heard somebody else preach recently. It only took three months to get the child there. Once Abram was changed to Abraham, he had to tell people his name's Abraham, which means the father of a nation or father of many. He, he would, see, Abraham wouldn't do that. That's why he struggled. And then, you know, him and his wife got in cahoots. I don't know what was up with them. Why don't you take Hagar, the maid, and see if she can have a baby for you? Of course, you don't, you know, you're modern American people. We don't think like that. But in the culture I'm talking about, brother, you just weren't much unless you had children. And you needed children to help take over what you had established, too. You know what I'm saying? So, but that messed up things, too, for him. Only took him three months once he changed his name to I'm a father of many nations. Yeah. 
You've got to learn to do this. Calleth those things which be not as though they were. You ever hear the neighbor person that's got a dog? Hey, Duffy, Duffy, <laughs> Duffy. And you go, what are you doing? Well, I'm calling the dog. And why are you calling the dog? Because the dog's not here. I want my dog to come home. I met my mom, Michael, in the neighborhood at my grandma's. I disappear. Michael. One time I disappeared over several blocks to an ice cream store. My mother found me with my dad, and I was with another little boy. And she took a switch off a tree and slapped me on bare legs all the way home. I never forgot it. I think I still feel a little remnant right now. Thank you. Don't you ever go away from me like that that far and not tell me where you're going, Michael. You know, she was just right. You've got to call for things that you need. When you say, I have abundance and no lack, you're not trying to be rich. If you're just trying to be rich, you're going to mess yourself up because your conscience would condemn you if that's your whole motivation to have money. You've left God for money. So he's not endorsing that. And there, I know a lot of people has got money and their lives are a mess. Personally, I know people like that. But I'm just talking to you here. Listen, you know, you go into an elevator. I went to an elevator in an elevator one time and the elevator was on the inside of the hotel with glass. And I don't know who was with me. We got in there and we started talking. And I said, you know, the elevator's not moving, is it? No, you didn't push the button. Mm. I'm on one, I wanted to go to eight, but unless I pushed the right button to call for what I needed, I was going to be on floor one until somebody else got on and they went to their floor. How many know what I'm saying? You've got to learn to call for things that you need. Hallelujah. So this is important here. We call things which be not as though they were. I'm calling... I thank you, Father. I, I'd say it like this. Father, I thank you for healing me. And then you could say, Father, I thank you that I'm walking in health. I'm walking in the strength of God. I'm walking in the anointing of God. And Father, I thank you. You've anointed me, equipped me to do that. Instead of saying, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. You know, I, I went on about three or four or five mission trips when I first started going. I didn't want to go, period. But anyway, God dealt with me about it, told me to go. And I went and I came home and my, my wife told me, and I don't think the kids are big enough to tell me this then, but she said, honey, you're no fun when you come home. You're, you rag us all out. You know what I mean by that? Get on them and not be very, you know, helpful or whatever. Grumpy. Grumpy. Because I was tired and I went to the Lord and I said, I feel like I've been pulled through a knothole backwards, Father. And he said, well, are you asking me about it or are you just complaining? <laughs> oh, I think I'm doing both right now. <laughs> and he said, if you'll let me, I'll teach you how to do that in rest. Now I've been all over the world. I mean, some places it just seemed like it took me ever to get home. Three days one time from, I think it was in. Fiji Islands in the South Pacific. Oh, my gosh, that's a long way over there. Anyway, I quit, I quit, I quit being grumpy, and I let God teach me how to not go grumpy and not come home grumpy. Now, I may have to come home and may need to take a nap the next day. That's different, but I'm not yelling at everybody before I take my nap. <laughs> and, you know, if you're not called to do stuff like that, 
you know, then don't do it. You just be grumpy. And I don't need grumpy people with me on the trip. So anyway. You know, some of my sons said, I don't see how you do it. I said, well, I'm called to do it. and Let me teach you how to do it better. And I told them what I do. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 here. Praise God. I don't know about you, I'm having a good time about sowing, growing, and reaping the Word of God. And things will come to you. And as you, you move in this more and more and more and find scriptures that cover your case, uh, things will escalate for you. I think there's a verse, well, I know there's a verse in Amos, I think it's the last chapter. It says the uh, reaper will overtake the sower. So you can get into an area where you sow or moving with God constantly in that area. And it's not just financially, but as you're, you know, studying the Bible and praying and building yourself up, praying in, in the Holy Ghost. And, and sometimes you need to take some time to do that besides just 15 minutes a day. You know, take some time off and just go pray. I don't know why I like my truck. I like to go drive in my truck and go pray in tongues for a couple hours. Jordan does too. He has that. And, and I know Pastor Nancy used to say that a lot. And other people have other th- ways they do it. Of course, I pray in tongues at home too and in my office at home and stuff. But I just, and I got to be careful because I need to take extra time off at times to pray extra because I'm unclear about what decision to make about this, that, or the other. So I'm going to do my best to get the mind of God before I act on something. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, 28. Yeah, let's look at this. It says, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God chose the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught or reduce to zero or reduce to inactivity. The Greek says that word N-O-U-G-H-T, that's what that word means, reduce to inactivity, things that are. This is God's way of doing it. What I'm trying to show you is God, I didn't choose this. In fact, I told you what I thought. When I first got a cassette tape, from Willie Bussey's mother, she's in heaven now, Judy Bussey. I was at their home with dinner with my wife, and she opened this big credenza up and said, Pastor Michael, get ta- I'm going to get you a grocery bag. You can put all the tapes you want in there. They're all Brother Copeland's. And when you get done with those, bring them back and get a second batch. I did okay. So one of the tapes that I got, he had big series in. I mean, your mother had a lot of tapes by Brother Copeland at home. And it was words are vital or words are so important and I listen to him and out of my mouth see I'm just showing you where I come from that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard now why would I say that was I mad at Kenneth Copeland I don't even know who Kenneth Copeland was hardly but he said and he made a point to prove it from scriptures but to my carnal mind at that point nobody had ever taught me that words were that critical So I said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And Father spoke up to me. I was in my car by myself. Check yourself. I knew what he meant. Check down here instead of up here because my head up here was going tilt, tilt, tilt. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Words couldn't be that important. And when I checked myself down here, it's like my spirit was going, yeah, 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 yeah. 
In other words, keep listening to it. So I left it in my car for six months and must have listened to it 150 times. And that helped me too understand what I'm teaching you. This is God's way to negate things that are and put you over in a dimension where things that you want from God or need from God can become manifest in your life. He says here, well, how did he put that? To bring to naught or reduced activity things that are. Remember my swimming pool example? That's when I was in that swimming pool with all those basketballs. You think I'm teasing. I'm not teasing at all. That really happened. And now let me share something. And it says, um, verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. You're going to get this by your flesh. You have to get it by your spirit, what I'm teaching you. See, this is what the problem right now in America. People are governed by their flesh. They're fighting back and arrogant and rude and prideful. And I'm not saying things don't need correcting. They do. But just being in the flesh about it isn't going to help. <laughs> I better not say that. Okay. I'm checking myself. I could say that. And he said, no, I better not. So, But now let's look at this here. I'm thinking here. I'm going to read this verse 29. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. You know, there's a law of, of physics called gravity. And... Uh, I was in a plane one time. I think it was a DC-10. I don't know if anybody knows airplanes. That It was uh, five seats in the middle and two seats on each side, and it's got two rows. It's a massive plane. Oh, my gosh. I was flying to Germany then. And those crazy people, they put on some kind of murder mystery on the screen. I was only five seats back. A big old screen in there. I don't know what was wrong with those people. I wanted to tell the stewards, what's wrong with you? Why would you play a movie like that without asking us? They were killing each other and cutting each other up. It was just grotesque. I couldn't believe they did that. I should have wrote a letter about that. You know, because I had a long trip to Germany. <laughs> but anyway, I ne that plane was so big and so powerful, I never knew when we left the ground, Brother Paul. I never felt it leave the airport. And it was nighttime, so it was dark out. And I was in the middle, so I can't see out the windows. You know, that's 10 feet away from me or 12 each way. <laughs> I never felt when we landed, it was such a smooth ride. It was such a massive airliner, DC-10. I think that's what it's called. But here's the thing. You know, there's a law called gravity. And just sitting in that airplane for the first time being on that big of an aircraft. One time I was on a 747. That's a big puppy too. I'm thinking, how in the world did they get this thing off the ground? It is so huge. The 747 has, has first, business, and coach. And some of them have a second level. But anyway, see, when you put enough thrust to it and you get enough lift under those wings, brother, you could fly a barn if you can get it going that fast. <laughs> I guarantee you could fly this church and get it going that fast. I got some wings on it. Because now what happens is there's a law called gravity. And it's still working. Because when I had to shut my engine off, my pilot, I'm only a few feet from him, but he went like that, come up, talk to me, so I... Just a few feet out. What's up? Uh, uh, what was his name? Gordon. He said, your engine's getting hot. This is the second time I noticed it on the instrument. And if we don't shut it off, it's liable to burn something up, and you're really going to be in big trouble. I said, all right, we'll shut it off. And then I heard him talk to somebody. I had my headset on in the back. He told me to put it on. He said, is there anybody can hear me? Because we lost the people on the ground momentarily. We're over Texas somewhere. And a guy in American Airlines picked us up. 
and said, I'm co-pilot for flight such and such. I'm 10,000 feet above you. He said, well, call ahead to Wink, Texas and tell them I'm making a landing. And should I tell him it's an emergency? He said, no, sir. And so my pilot was great. But the point is we kept getting lower and slower because gravity was still working. We still didn't have, we didn't have the same amount of thrust. We didn't have the same amount of lift. If you slow down, the wind gets slower going under the wings. How many know what I'm saying? So once you get into this program, as it were, or lifestyle, if we call it that, it'd be better, then you could stay up as long as you want, up in the spirit. But when you start releasing and not praying like you used to pray and not worshiping like you used to, not reading your Bible like you, I'm not trying to condemn you, but I'm trying to help you see, you're coming down. And then you could just make all the same confessions because you memorized them. And you're still coming down. You don't have, you're not going to crash necessarily, but you're coming back to earth because you are, the gra- law of gravity is still here. You know, just like the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death, there's another law here called the law of sin and death. And if you don't do something about it, eventually it causes you to come to death. Premature. See, but with God's help and God's word, we could rise above all that. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Hallelujah. You can do this. (laughs) You can do this. All right. Let's go to one last scripture, Isaiah 65. Thank you for being so patient with me. 57 minutes. That's not bad for me. That's pretty good. I'll be glad when we can get back to laying hands on you and stuff too, but I didn't think I should do that maybe right currently at this time. But I did get a letter from somebody who said they had a miracle or some kind of healing or something by the prayer clause we prayed over. I haven't read it yet. Oh, baby being born. Uh-huh, they were having a baby at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a good report. I like that. Now, Isaiah 65, 16, again from the Amplified Bible. And Jordan's been bringing this out, but I thought I'd give this scripture to you too. Uh, I think he had it in his notes one day, but he didn't get to it, he said. So it shall be that he who invokes a blessing on himself in the land shall do so by saying. You can invoke a blessing over yourself. Now, because God's given you his word. Remember it says he sent his word to heal you and to deliver you from your destruction. That's just one scripture. We could get you a hundred. But nonetheless, you have the right. You could say it this way. I'm saying it this way to give you another way to look at it. You're prophesying over yourself. Prophesying over yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you have the right to do that based on the written word. And you do it by saying Now, see, people that don't understand that, that are natural people, carnal people, fleshly people, they just want to argue with you about stuff like that. So I would say, as a little side thought here, I wouldn't bring that up at work just to ever Tom, Dick, and Harry, and Susie, and Sally, because they want to argue with you around the water fountain. And if you're not careful, you'll be in strife, and then all you say is right confessions, but now you've got to start over. 
because you're mad at Sally and Henry and all them that they didn't get it. You know, really, you don't throw your pearls before swine. I'm not really, that's what Jesus said. I'm just quoting the Bible here. I'm not being mean about it. But I got to gauge what I could share with somebody fully, whether they're going to receive it at least at some level and run with it and, f- and let it feed them and not give me a big argument about it. You know, sometimes you just got to let people go on with their bad self and run into the wall again. You tried to warn them, don't do that. Please don't do that. I wouldn't do that if I was you. I said, I tried to tell you several times. You didn't listen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sure had a good time tonight with you. Listen, let's, let's covenant together. We're going we're gonna to guard our vocabulary and we're going to guard our speech. Like Paul says, his speech and his preaching produce stuff. So our daily speech. Now, you know, we don't, you're not making some kind of a carnal commandment out of that. If I have to go in and pay for something at the gas station, I don't speak in tongues to the cashier. <laughs> you, you follow me? I just pay the bill, give them my credit card or pull out some cash or whatever I need to do. I know it's going to be weird. But at the same time, you know, there's plenty of time if you think about it. You could pray in the Spirit and you could spend some extra time periodically, even if you have children. Maybe your husband would watch them for a few hours or your wife or however you want to do it, whoever needs to do what with each other, and just get with God. Get with God. And He will help you. Hallelujah. God God is for us. Remember we just sang it. God is for us. Hallelujah. You know, Job said, decree a thing, and it'll be given to you. A light will shine upon your way. That's in Job 22, 28. You decree a thing, and it'll, it'll happen. If you decree it. God's already decreed everything he's going to decree right here as far as written word. Now, he could speak to you personally, you know, voice with his voice, which you could hear because you're his sheep. And that's important too. Hallelujah. <laughs> Stand up with me. Hallelujah. Anything else I need to say before we go? Jordan or Diana? You got anything? Good. We're good then. Don't forget your healing things. And I love you very much. And Jordan, I want to publicly thank you for letting me preach. Man, I needed this. I needed to hear myself a little bit. I'd just been bottled up for three months. You know, and... Uh, you know, well, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. I know Jordan, he's just such a great preacher. He feed me. I told him today, what a great, what a great message. I'm not just today. I tell him every time because it's good. I wouldn't tell him that if it wasn't good, but it's really been good. And he's different to me the way he teaches and preaches, but it's really powerful. And it's well balanced and it's doctrinally sound. And so, man, I just feel like this church is in great shape. That doesn't mean I'm going to go to heaven tomorrow, by the way. I'm not talking that way to you, but okay. Father, we love you and we thank you tonight. We thank you. We're your people. We're people that have a voice that you've given us to speak and to return your word unto you. And you said, if you'll return my word unto me, it'll not return void, but it will accomplish and it'll accomplish the thing you sent it to do. So we thank you, Father, as people of the word. We give ourselves time this week, even starting tonight, maybe before we go to sleep tonight, getting our Bible or maybe this healing paper or whatever we want to and read a scripture as a family and just pray over it. 
and meditate on it some as we go to sleep tonight. We thank you for each other. We thank you, Father, for your presence. We thank you for your anointing on the people. I pray that you will continue to teach them what we've tried to put in them this week and last and so forth. And we just call them blessed and in your security. In Jesus' name, the angels of God go with you to keep you safe. And everybody said...